50 WSB. Depend on it. I'm WSB's Eric Erickson. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center is active. That guarantees you'll hear breaking news, weather, and traffic alerts immediately during Hannity and during Atlanta's evening news 5 to 7. Depend on it. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now it's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi, Jamie. Jamie Dupree is the most connected man in Washington, and he, along with us, was watching the president, listening to the president, uh, ask, present his his proposition for the authorization use of force. And uh, what was your reaction? I was struck by um, how the president repeatedly came back to his point to say, I mean, what, he only spoke, was it five minutes? Regardless, it wasn't very long. But he came back several times to say, it it almost seemed to me uh, that he was pointedly saying that this would not turn in to another big ground war in the Middle East. A couple quotes here. I'm convinced the U.S. should not get dragged back into another prolonged ground war. This is not an authorization of another ground war like Afghanistan or Iraq. Uh, he said, I don't believe America's interests are served by endless war. I'm trying to see if my notes have anything else. I think it was th- three or four, maybe five times. But I was struck by that, Sean. And, and when you hear the reactions of Democrats today, especially, uh, you know, a number of them have already said they don't like this authorization from the president. Because they think it goes too far and opens up too much to the possibility of uh, of a new war in the Middle East. So certainly there's there's mixed reaction on both sides. You've got some Republicans who say, are you kidding? This doesn't go far enough. It needs to do a lot more. Uh, I, I certainly would raise sort of my hand right now and say, boy, this is going to be difficult to get anything through this Congress, I think, on the authorization of, of use of military force simply because both parties are, are divided as to this initial uh, uh, plan from the president, which obviously, what, it's been months in the making. We've been bombing since when? August of well, last year? part of this deal would repeal the 2002 authorization. Uh, the Iraq War authorization. You're absolutely right. It leaves in place the post-9-11 Afghan, uh, you know, so the war on terror general uh, throw, uh, throw U.S. forces after Osama bin Laden and the Taliban and more. That stays in place. But the 2002 one for the Iraq War does go away. I think there are some Democrats who would like to get rid of both of them, whereas there's a lot of Republicans who believe, no, you should definitely leave that one in place. Uh, again, um, the, the reaction from some more liberal lawmakers, I think, is striking because you can already see that the, uh, this this administration was certainly trying to thread a needle here, I think, and waiting so long with this. I mean, one of the, the, the phrases that to me just screams government bureaucraties is how it bars enduring. I'm quoting here. It bars enduring offensive combat operations. Well, that's sort of a mushy ambiguous term that uh, neither party's really been thrilled with. I mean, the president spelled it out much more succinctly and pointedly in his statement just a little while ago, and that is he doesn't want troops on the ground in, in huge numbers that are engaged in what's basically a ground war. Well, it's pretty fascinating because everything, I just played George Bush before, I won't, I won't play it again, but everything that he predicted would happen if we pulled out too early and didn't keep intelligence forces, uh, make them available for the Iraqi army, and we didn't provide training for the Iraqi uh, army, has happened. I mean, all of this could have been prevented. All of this landmass that they accumulated. Remember, it was about this time last year that Obama was talking about ISIS being the JV team. 
you know, I think you will see, I, I'm not saying it's going to be a, a dramatically big issue in, in the elections next year, but you can already hear Republicans talking about it and the Democrats jabbing back at them. Josh Ernest did from the podium at the White House the other day. The Republicans will argue for a much stronger military type of response, and the president will resist that. I sort of wonder if uh, the GOP now... You know, do they go forward? I mean, obviously, there's going to be hearings. They're going to probably try to put together their own plan. One would think, Sean, that it will be stronger than what the president wants to do. So we'll see how much of an effort there really is to get something through the House and the Senate and down to the president. I don't, I'm not so sure this is going to happen real fast because, again, there are cleavages in both parties over exactly what should be in something like this. Uh, okay. I, uh, I'm going to be interested to see what happens. We have a lot of stuff going on on the world stage here. Did you see the CBS News report that 20,000 new fighters are flocking to join ISIS? That's a big number. That would be a large number, and that's why, listen, uh, I think for a lot of Republicans, they don't want to see anything in terms of limits or any kind of operational limits on this uh, on the, the drive against the Islamic State. And they'd like to see a lot more than what's going on right now, which in their mind is just sort of a, a, a medium, light to medium effort in terms of airstrikes. Yeah, well, I'd like to see that they're effective. I, I would like to have not, I would, like, would have liked to have prevented Mosul and Tikrit and, and uh, Fallujah and all these other cities Americans fought for not getting into their hands in the first place. Um, but I think with the president and his comments, I mean, he's blaming the media and, and suggesting this week that, you know, climate change is a, a bigger threat. And the, the threat of ISIS is overplayed in the media because the media, you know, has a bleed leads that mentality. Darn media. Yeah. Yeah. That pesky liberal media. Yeah. What are we going to do with them? Well, I mean, is that really the case that, that it's no, overplayed by the media? We're a target for both parties. When things aren't going your way, you blame the media. It's just you, you get used to Am I to a that part of this media thing? Am I a part of that? Uh, you would be the probably the, the right wing media is how they would uh, look at you. Is that but, what they uh, call me? The right wing media? Uh, they probably uh, have no idea what station you're on, so don't worry about it. You know, but the funny thing is I'm a talk show host. I'm an opinion page of a newspaper. Well, you know, newspapers going back historically, I mean, there have been presidents that have bitterly historically oh, sure. complained about newspapers because they all had an editorial slant. Yep. This is not a new thing in America. No, we used to have a much more aggressive and very partisan news media. I know a lot of people think we do now, but if you go back in history, it was a lot more so and a lot more open in, in, the, in the 19th century, especially. Yeah. Um, other things going on up here today, we had uh, that colorful quote that you played at the beginning, the opening of this segment from Speaker Boehner, who said that Democrats in the Senate should get off their butts and allow a vote on the uh, Department of Homeland Security funding bill, which would have the restrictions on the president's executive actions on immigration. We've had a couple of meetings today amongst Republicans. There were two former members of the House of Representatives who are now senators, Cory Gardner of Colorado and Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, who went over and sat in for a while on the morning meeting of House Republicans over there. And then this afternoon, the whip of the House, Steve Scalise of Louisiana, came over and met with Republican senators over here on the Senate side of the Capitol. Uh, this is not meant in a negative way, but I don't think Republicans have really a plan right now as to what they do next. As Boehner said today, and I, I do think that Boehner and McConnell's offices have probably been giving each other the, the high sign the last couple of days to say, hey, I'm about to dump on you guys. Just you know, here's a little heads up. Uh, you know, Boehner keeps saying it's the Democrats in the Senate that need to take the next action. The Republicans in the Senate sort of said, hey, House, you've got to do something else on this. But I think it's playing out just like I thought at the beginning of the week, Sean. Nothing's really going to get done this week. They won't be here next week. And then we'll all come back on the 23rd, that last week, right before the deadline. And 
you know, sort of roll the dice and see what's going to happen. I would expect Republicans are going to... Are they going to walk it up to the deadline? Boy, yeah. that's such a shock. Oh, I think that not only we'll walk it up the deadline, uh, since the deadline's on a Friday, we'll roll into the weekend, probably. Well, I think you're probably right there. That's when you think we'll get the coverage that the Democrats... Oh, yeah, in those last couple of days, I, I would expect the Republicans to structure the votes and, and make the argument and start focusing on individual Democrats in the Senate and say, hey, this senator... Uh, you know, he or she expressed reservations about what the president did. And now they're not even letting this bill uh, come up on the floor for debate. And they'll probably force the Democrats a couple more times to vote to filibuster this bill. And, you know, look, the bottom line still is the Republicans do not have the votes to do what they want to do. Boehner can get it. Speaker Boehner can get it through the House, but they can't get it through the Senate. The, 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 the basic way that they're going to have to change this is one simple way. The GOP needs to win the White House in 2016. That's their answer. The Republicans now, and I don't notice this in a FreedomWorks email that went out today. Uh, we have Senator Ted Cruz has said that we can use the reconciliation process to uh, vote down and and uh, Obamacare, considering that's the process by which it was used to pass it. Well, and there's it a lot of pressure. If you can if you can use it to pass it, you should be able to use it to take it apart. Right, here's, here's one question, though, one operational thing for Republicans. Do you want to use you only get one crack at budget reconciliation and, and with the tax provisions? Do you want to use that for tax reform and major economic and jobs initiatives that the GOP would put forward? Or do you use it on the health law? I think it's important that you use it on the health law. And I think it's right, important well, that they offer of their the alternative. They've got to figure out now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, reconciliation is not the process by which you're supposed to pass major legislation. And after Scott Brown was elected, remember, he was supposed to be the 41st vote against it. I mean, they didn't really use it to pass it. They did use it to approve the tax items that go along with it. And well, it wouldn't be what it is without using that process. Let's put it that no. way. Well, it was a way to get around the 60-vote margin. You're absolutely right. But the Republicans, remember, if they use it, they would have that exact same advantage as well. You would not have to worry about a filibuster. You know, one other thing that Ted Cruz talked about was giving states the last word on uh, same-sex marriage. A lot of people that are more libertarian support that. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the uh, uh, look. That I think that's going to get ruled on, and pretty much everybody knows which way that is going with the U.S. Supreme Court over the next couple of months. Is there any more reaction to Ted Cruz um, and, or I'm sorry, the president saying Ted Cruz? I know spoke out about this um, that, that the Jewish deli attack was random, and Jen Psaki saying that they weren't all Jewish victims. Well, I think uh, uh, I think we watched uh, yesterday as both Jen Psaki and Josh Ernest squirmed a bit in public on that. But it really hasn't. I haven't heard uh, too much more on it. I didn't catch the full White House briefing today, so I don't know if they returned to it there. Uh, but look, uh, again, this is sort of part and parcel of the whole debate, I think, about the Islamic State and about terrorism, is that Republicans really argue that this administration is not as aggressive as it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, I think on a lot of issues. So, all right, what else is happening there today? You know, I covered a really uh, well. First off, uh, they've just downstairs. I just note this for historical uh, note. Uh, they just unveiled the Barry Goldwater statue for the state of Arizona downstairs uh, in the Capitol. Uh, and I'm sure a few of your listeners will remember him, the 1964 nominee for president on the Republican Party, and others will remember him as a uh, very famous ham radio operator as well. So his statue will now be gracing the hallways of the Capitol here. I covered a hearing today. This may sound really odd. The IRS chief came into a hearing today and told lawmakers, "Okay, we, the IRS, are no longer going to seize money from businesses simply because they made totally legal bank deposits of less than Mm $10,000. Yeah, you heard that right. 
they had a bunch of different business people in from around the country who said, you know, I'm running my small business. Uh, the, my insurance says that I, I shouldn't have, uh, you know, huge amounts of money. So I take down to the bank every couple weeks or a couple days or whatever in less than $10,000 increments. Well, there's a reporting requirement when you deposit cash. If you deposit more than ten grand, you are supposed to file some paperwork with the IRS. So the IRS went to a couple of these businesses and said, hey, we notice that you're avoiding this $10,000 limit. And so, like, there was this one guy who ran a gun store in Georgia. They seized almost a million dollars from him. He had done nothing wrong. They took all of his money. They wouldn't give it back to him. They said, you're going to have to forfeit several hundred thousand dollars of it. He hadn't done anything illegal. It's basically used as something to watch out for dr illegal drugs, for drug money, and for money laundering. And they had several examples. One guy, I think, was a dairy farmer. Another guy ran a small business up in New York where they'd done absolutely nothing wrong, but they went through the ringer with the IRS to try to get their money back. One guy finally just cut a deal and voluntarily gave up $50,000 of his money just to get the rest back so he could try to start over and save his business. The IRS chief said they would stop doing that in the future. You know, i got to tell you something. The, the intrusion of government, did you ever try and take a large sum of cash, fairly large sum of cash out of, out of a bank? Like, oh, yeah, they, they get a little freaky about that. No, you, have to, you, you can't just walk into a bank and get it. You have to order it, your own money. And, you have to, it's, and sometimes it takes, like, weeks. And then, of course, there's, like, paperwork upon paperwork. It's your money. I don't understand this. So you know what I do? I purposely take out sums of money just just because it's my money and just because I can do it. That's why I do it. They'll be coming to see you someday. They can come and see me all they want. I pay taxes on everything. You know, that's absolute. They look at my tax return. You know what they say? Well, damn it. We can't get Hannity. That's what they say because I pay my taxes. But then they're going to tell me I can't take out the money from my bank account. That drives me nuts. It's like these poor kids in New Jersey wanted to shovel snow and help out people, and, and of course, they needed a business license to shovel snow. What's this world coming to, Jamie? What's happening? Uh, What's I going on? I guess you're going to have to go on a crusade, my friend. I'm on a crusade. <laughs> I know I'm out you here. are. All right. Uh, All right. See you tomorrow, Sean. Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. All right. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program, we'll open up our phones. We have full coverage tonight on uh, Hannity, the president's... A request, too little, too late, in my view, authorization of use of force, and it's watered down, and I don't think what it's what our generals want. We have full coverage of that, the latest on uh, Brian Williams tonight. More importantly to me, what about Hillary Clinton and her lies? And Bob Beckel saying Obama doesn't want to believe Muslims are nasty because he grew up among Muslims. He's going to explain that comment that he made on The Five. And then we have uh, American Sniper. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of people saying, hey, Get rid of this uh, foreign correspondent at NBC News who trashed Chris Kyle. We're going to get into that controversy. 10 Eastern tonight, Hannity, Fox, quick break. Right back, your calls and Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn next. The vetting of Obama continues, continues. every day right here on the Sean Hannity Show. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.